Welcome back to East Tennessee. You're listening to my Smoky Mountain Guy, hosted by Mark and Ann Bowman, and we are delighted, as always, that you have chosen to listen to our podcast today. We are going to be talking about the Titanic Museum attraction in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee today, and we believe that after our visit that you're going to want to hear about this. It was a very, very interesting uh, museum. Now, you know, we live in the area, so every time we drive up and down Parkway or we drive through Townsend or Pigeon Forge or any of those areas, we, we look at things and we pass by so many times and we just never stop. But and, we stopped this time. But we decided to stop and go in there. We actually planned it ahead of time, which was a good thing. Uh, and we'll tell you why in just a minute. As you're driving down Parkway on exit 407, if you come from the interstate and you go through Sevierville and you're entering Pigeon Forge, there is a gigantic ship on the right-hand side of the road right next to Hard Rock Cafe. And we'll talk about that in a minute too. But a massive bow of the Titanic ship sits right there on the right-hand side of the road. It is the world's largest Titanic museum attraction. Yes. And it is a fascinating and educational. Very. And one of those things that you want, you wonder what it's going to be like, and then you go in and you think, wow, this is amazing. It was beyond amazing. It, it It's not anything, you just can't imagine what's in it. For those of you who may be a little bit younger and you're not familiar with Titanic, the Titanic was built in night from took three a little over three years to build the ship, but its maiden voyage was in 1912, more than 108 years ago, and that ship was built uh, in England, and it was considered was it England? I'm afraid it was not. Oh my goodness! How did I get that wrong? Come on, oh. my, my fact checker. I've got a fact checker on staff. And it was considered to be a ship that was unsinkable at the time. It was built in Ireland. In Ireland. What an amazing ship they created. Mm-hmm. It took 14,000 men six days a week for over three years to build this thing. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours to build mm-hmm. a ship. And they were convinced that it would not sink. And they had just 20 lifeboats. Um, on board when the ship sank after hitting an iceberg in the northern Atlantic. Five days after it set sail. Five days. Oh, my goodness. They spent more than three years building the ship, and then five days after it launched, it sank. And it's a tragedy. It's a tragic story of what happened uh, that day in the northern Atlantic. But there are many stories, just heroic stories, stories of bravery, stories of chivalry, some amazing people that were on board that ship. Now there were survivors, but they were there was more than twelve hundred people that lost their lives on that ship. So the museum is really built in honor of those people that lost their lives, the people that that helped them through that situation. I, I'm I'm struggling for words to describe this museum because it was such a tragedy and it's a horrific thing that happened. But they've turned it into uh, well, new, it's 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 history. Yes, it's it's history, and I love history. Mm-hmm. I love visiting uh, uh, places where you can go back and learn because we learn from history, and they learn from this tragedy. As I think back uh, in 1985, and I was uh, not too long out of school in 1985, uh, they led an expedition to try to find the Titanic. It was two and a half miles down. They didn't know where it was. They they had a general idea about where it sank, but they didn't. 
had never been able to find it. And so in 1985, they did. They found it. And then two years later, a gentleman led an ex- another expedition to go down and find the relics, the artifacts that were left behind. And they were able to pull up millions of dollars worth of artifacts from the ship, and they created a museum. We were told that there, there are $4 million worth of artifacts in that museum. And when the violin is there, when the Wallace Hartley violin is there, it's $6 million worth of artifacts that are in the museum. Yeah, and that is on display at this museum, at the uh, Titanic Museum attraction, until December this year of 2020. So if you want to see that violin, now it's a very famous violin because of the story behind it. The Hartley, call it a band, There was, I think there were six or eight of them that were playing. They had a violinist, a cello they were they were playing on the on the deck of the ship as it went down, and they were able to locate the violin and recover it, and it is on display. It was really neat that those guys chose to to stay and play, you know. Chivalry of the day said that they needed to put the the women and the children on the lifeboats to save them, and the men. A lot of the men stayed behind. Some of the men chose to to get on the lifeboats, but. It was mostly women and children that got on the lifeboats. And so as they began to play uh, hymns on the deck of the ship as it went down, it brought comfort to many people. Even even the man that designed the ship, um, Thomas Andrews, it, it was on board the ship with his family, and he gave up his life to save the women and children. That was... Mm. Yeah, very, very difficult voyage. But let's go back a little bit. I want to talk about the experience of going onto the ship. Now, listen, uh, when, when we say going onto the ship, because really the treat the museum as, as you're boarding the ship, the Titanic, uh, we purchased tickets from our website, actually. We got a little discount because we purchased it from our website, and we would encourage you to do that as well. But the, the main benefit of purchasing your, web, your tickets in advance is that you have a boarding time. And there's not really much of a wait. No, not at all. Because we scheduled our uh, adventure on the Titanic at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And so we arrived a little bit early, about two, uh, about 15 minutes early. We got a text saying, you know, it's time to board. Yeah, it's time to board. So we, we, put to, we took our face mask because of the COVID-19 uh, uh, restrictions going on right now. All face masks are required by the staff of the museum and visitors, guests, and all of that. So if you're going to go in, you need to bring face covering. So we took that with us, and we we got in line just a few minutes early, and they did a great job of just getting you in on time. So there Letting really you know what to expect, everything. Yeah, so there wasn't a – we didn't have to wait in line to buy a ticket Mm-mm. because we already had our ticket. The first thing they do when you approach and you show them your voucher that you print off on your phone, or, I mean, you print off – at home and bring it with you. They give you a card. And what was what was on that it card? It was a it was a boarding pass. And it was so cool because they give everybody on their boarding passes the name of one of the passengers on the ship. Mine was Elizabeth Nye. And you can follow this person till the end of the tour and find out whether they survived or not. Because there are artifacts on display that, that have the names of the people that possibly that, that own those things. 
And so it's it's possible that the person that you represent through your tour, that you will see an item that has their name on it. It makes it more personal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because as you're going through and you're looking at things, you're, you're looking at it from the perspective of, hey, I, I'm a passenger on this ship. And so do you, what all do you know about Elizabeth Knight? Do you know any, any oh, details know what, about her life? All I, well, what was written on the card. Right. I know that she was a second-class passenger. Um, I think she was from New Jersey. And um, I know her fate, which I'm not going to divulge. The passenger that I represented on board was George Rosenshine, and he was from New York City. He was in his mid-40s, and he was on cruise uh, sort of for nefarious reasons. He was involved in a relationship, and they decided to take a cruise, and so they were on board the ship. Just as Anne is not going to give you the outcome of his passageway, we're going to let you look on the on the wall at the end of the tour to see whether they survived or not, just like we did. And there's a gentleman there at the very end, too, that can pretty much tell you, I mean, can give you more information about the person that's on your boarding pass, and it's fascinating. He gave you the option. He said, just tell me the name of the person that you have on your card, and if you want, I'll just tell you whether they survived or not, or you can look it up on the wall. And I chose to look it up on the wall. I thought it was interesting to read the names and and to see that. Now, let's back up just a little bit because that doesn't happen till the end. As you board the ship, right before you board the ship, they give you an... They give you an audio tour device mm-hmm. that you can wear as a necklace. A necklace? Yes. Um, probably only would look good in the museum, though. I anyway, would say. Yes. And it's got numbers on it. And as you approach a display or anything within the museum, there's a number on the wall and you... Press the corresponding number on this audio tour device. Little, it's got and a little keypad, yeah. And you hear a recording that tells you about what you're looking at. And the neat thing also is that there's another number there that children can punch in that gives the same information, but in a way that is more understandable to them. Yeah, they covered all their bases. They want to be able to communicate what was going on uh, to different age levels. And they, they did a great job of that. I thought I thought that was super the way they I did I think that. everything about the whole museum was first class. They spent a lot of money building this museum, mm-hmm. and you can tell. And mm-hmm. The thing about it is, is the person that owns the museum is the gentleman who led the expedition to, for the recovery. So all of these articles in the museum are not reproductions. They're actual items that were on the ship in 1912 when it went down. Now, some of them were in pretty bad shape, like the deck chair. There was a deck chair, an original chair. But some of those things were amazing. They were in pristine condition. There was a note that one of the workers on the Titanic had sent home. And it's just really, it sort of takes you aback when you see the paper, the handwriting, the words. And she, obviously, she had no idea that that she, I don't know. I don't know whether she survived or not, but it's just you. You don't know. You just don't know. You don't know. The people boarding that ship were fully confident that they would arrive in New York mm-hmm. seven or eight days later, and just be welcomed there with open arms. And that ship went down, hitting the iceberg. All of the detail that the White Star Line put into the ship, into the China that the first class passengers. 
were able to, you know, that they ate off of. The silverware was real silver. And it was truly first. Now, when you think about first class on this ship, the first class suite was one of those things that just, just blows my mind. The first class suite had a fireplace, massive beds. It had a kitchenette, a living room suite where people could just hang out. It was amazing. Now, my understanding is that they were saying that the price of the suite back in 1912 was uh, about the equivalent in today's price of $125,000. And that's just going one way. one way. Yeah. So a ticket for a one-way passage from from England to the United States was 120000 roughly. Uh, for the first class passenger in that suite, and they only they well, only they, had a few had, of those suites. They had to pay for all the mahogany and twenty four karat gold that accompanied them. <laughs> yeah. So as you go into this museum now, it's an it's one of these interactive museums. You can touch things, you can you hear things, you uh, see. They have a piano in there with a gentleman playing in the, the music piano room. in There's the music a, room mm-hmm. where the violin where the is violin located. is the Wallace Hartley violin. Yeah, and so. As you go in there, you're really surrounded by what you you feel like you you've been on that ship in the grand staircase. Oh yeah, that was that massive light chandelier. The staircase was massive. Yeah, they and, said it was a uh, it was the actual size of the one that was in the Titanic. Yeah, actual size, and it had gold leaf over some of the woodwork. The only way to just—you just have to experience this. You have to go there and see it. Now, this ship also had—we talk about the the quarters for first-class passengers. They had on display a third-class a third class. passenger, second-class. And the, when you look at the quarters for the, the differences between third-class and first-class, obviously the prices They're, were different. I mean, you're talking about $120,000 versus, you know, maybe a few hundred dollars. But, the difference is quite titanic. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> the uh, the quarters were small for third class, but mm-hmm. they were they were done nicely. I mean it was yeah, yeah. it wasn't just a, a dumpy little place. It wasn't like a you know, It was very tiny, but very but, well, the other thing is you're not in your cabin except to sleep. Yeah. The rest of the time you're moving around. Yeah, because they had a, they had a Turkish bath on this thing. I never knew that until I went in. A Turkish bath on the on the ship. And of course they had dining rooms. They, they had, had a gym. A, yeah. So there was there was a lot to do. People hung you out on the You can see decks. all the stuff that they had when you go in immediately. They have that cut I don't know how what you call it. I they, call it like a diorama. Where they cut the they cut the ship in half horizontally so you could see all the floors and all of the rooms and where everything was. I that was Incredible. Yeah, that was pretty fascinating. And they had that little board that you could, if you want to see where the kitchen is, you push that light. And you push it, a button and the light comes on. And in the, the light kitchen, comes on in the it kitchen. Is. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. So you could see where that is. Now, one of the things that really stands out in my mind, there's, there's, there's probably three things that really stood out to me. And one was that as you tour, you tour as one of the passengers. The other thing is that when you go on to the captain's deck, where the pilot of the ship is, you can see out into the darkness of the night and see what the what the captain of the ship would have seen 
as they're sailing that ship. And then you go out the door and they have it. It's, it's like you're on the deck of the ship and they've got that cold, cold 20 plus degrees water. 23. That you can reach over the side and touch that water and see just how cold the water was uh, that they were that they were in when that ship went down. And I think, you know, it's a miracle. It really is a miracle that people that were in that water survived. Unbelievable. All right. So I think about that. Well, I think about that. And the other thing is really the violin in the music room. Okay. Well, my three things were, remember the story about Father Brown, who was on the ship and he didn't, he got off before it headed to New York and pursued his life in the ministry, lived his life, and then he died. And when they were taking care of of his possessions, they came across a camera that had film in it. And they developed that film, and it was pictures of of him being on the Titanic. And these are the only photographs that there are that show uh, briefly what life was like on the ship as it was sailing, and there's a whole room dedicated to his photographs, and it was breathtaking, absolutely. And I, I think I like that the best because it it shows people. You, you can go through the museum and find out there were three million rivets that went together to build the boat, and you can see all of and learn about the ten thousand pounds of sugar that they had to have on board or the 12,000 dinner plates, which is all fascinating. But life is about people. And when you see, you see, you see a little boy on the deck, uh, I think he, he has a yo I don't know whether it's a yo-yo or not, but he's playing with a, a toy. And just to have these photographs is, I think, the best part of the whole thing. And the only reason that we have them is because the ship made one stop before it headed overseas. I mean, it went from the original dock, made one stop, and then it and he got off. The second thing that I found interesting was you could look through this door that had a staircase beyond it. it I don't know, about four steps, five steps down a, a hallway and you could see water pouring down the steps and it gives you the feeling of oh my goodness why is water in the ship and it it sort of puts you in a a better understanding of what these people were going through yeah you're standing behind plexiglass looking yeah. in a in an enclosed environment where the water is filling up yeah and the other thing is i'm just I don't know. I I was really fascinated with the sign that gave you all the information about everything that they had to take on board. I'd I'd mentioned some stuff a while ago about the the dinner plates, how many there were, and the fact that they, when the ship was board, when the ship left, it had five thousand eight hundred and ninety-two tons of of coal. It took three hundred and twenty-five men working in shifts continually 24/7 to keep to keep the the ship powered. It gives a a list of the most fascinating you don't think that you've got that you need to have all of this stuff on board for all these people. And even at the beginning of the museum when it showed um remember seeing that 
that big photograph on the wall where it shows the people that are planning before anything is ever done. They're planning the museum. They're built, not the museum, the, the Titanic. They're showing the building process. They're showing everything from really it being an idea to being to to it existing. You get to see all of all of all of that. The Titanic Museum attraction in Pigeon Forge is an absolutely fascinating experience. If you're going to be in the area and you're looking for things to do and really good places to go, you need to visit Titanic Museum. And especially you people that are coming to the mountains with with kids. This is incredible. Speaking of that, there is, was a 10-year-old boy. Oh, yeah. Who was from Denmark. And he wasn't he, from Denmark, Mark. He wasn't from Denmark? Well, that's no. where Legos are from. He was he was from Iceland. He was from Iceland? Yes. How did I get that wrong? Oh, don't ask me that question. <laughs> Whichever country he's from, we'll go with the country that she said, which I've already forgotten what that is. Iceland. Iceland. He built, using 50-something thousand Legos, he built a replica of the Titanic. And it is on display in the museum, which they've got it. It's really... It's again. It really looks really cool. They've got lights on it. It's mm-hmm. in a big room. It took him. It, it took him eleven months to build it. He did a really fine job. He did an incredible job. Just an amazing job. And so it's on display there. You know, there's so much about the museum that you really, you really need to experience it for yourself. And I know that we've tried to communicate some of the better things, or not some of the better things, but some of the things that were very memorable to us. In, in our podcast today, but there's so much more. There's just so much more. Really, it we we went at a pace that we were through it in about two hours. And I think, for me, if I'd given it 30 more minutes, even another hour, there was enough there to to really for it to take more than two hours. Yeah, two hours to three hours would be a great estimate about how much time that you would spend there. And you you'll enjoy every minute of it. Now, Remember to visit our website at mysmokymountainguide.com and go to our podcast on the website, and we will give you more information. There's, Of course, there's uh, unique information uh, content there that you can only get on our website, and we'll have a link there so that you can buy some discounted tickets to uh, the Titanic Museum attraction in Pigeon Forge. Now, the other thing about this podcast today, we've got a, a little bit of a treat because we have a little bit of a bonus episode going on afterwards because Anne and her sisters went to Gatlinburg recently and they went to the Skylift Park and they went to the Sky Bridge. And so here in just a second, we're going to let you listen to the conversation that we had about that. Now, I wasn't there, but they did and they had a great visit. And that's we're going to let you hear that conversation but, here in but just a minute. before we go, yep, we need to tell them about the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, yeah, Hard Rock Cafe. We'll do that real quickly. That next door, almost next door, you could almost walk to it. You could walk, not almost walk. You you could walk if you were so inclined. (laughs) It is possible to walk. It's possible to walk. I was not so inclined, (laughs) but you could walk it. It's, It's not that far, just a few hundred yards. We went to the Hard Rock Cafe to have lunch. Of course, they screen you when you come in. They 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 do your temperature. They ask you the questions, you know, have you... All of those things All the about COVID questions. COVID questions. You know, have you been around anybody that's sick? And then you go in, and of course, the in the food, the food was really good. It now, was, 
it's been a while since I've had eaten at a Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, we we came away with saying that um, the service was incredible. Had really absolutely good incredible service. The food was really more than I could eat, yeah. but and good. It yeah. was very very clean. A bit pricey. A bit. Yeah. But you know that when you go into a Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, you're paying for atmosphere and you're paying for. Uh, very, very good food. Yes. Uh, so we were pleased with the food. We were pleased with the service. And of course, you know, I can't knock the hard rock music because we went to the hard rock cafe. I love the old 70s rock kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's certain there's certain bands that I'm, I was never a fan of when I was <laughs> well, when I was I'm even sure when everybody I was can say that. I know. Yeah. So but it seems like those were the ones that, that were playing that day that we were there. Overall, it was a really good experience. And they have a they have a gift shop there. Got to put that in. Oh, and, and the Titanic has a very nice gift shop. Yes, they do. <laughs> now, going back to the Hard Rock Cafe real quickly, they do have they have. Of course, they've got all kinds of artifacts in there as well. I don't know if you'd call them artifacts, but things like memorabilia. Memorabilia. They had a guitar that Amy Grant owned. They had, and it was just right above the door where our table was on the wall. And then they had a sweater that was owned by who was that? I, I'm pretty sure it was Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. And that was right next to us in a case. And then Roy Orbison had. Uh, they had something in the case that Royal Orbison owned. And, of course, that's all over. It's funny because those people that we mentioned are not hard rock. Yeah, they're not hard rock, but they are the sort of the the, the people that sort of birthed, well, it, with the exception of, of Amy, Amy Grant. Grant. She came much later. But uh, <laughs> they do have a lot of music memorabilia oh, yeah, in there. Yeah. It's not necessarily hard rock, but it was uh, really neat to see some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. And then it was real close to the museum. So we had lunch. Then we just drove over. It took less than a minute to get there. And then, boom, there we were getting our text saying, come on in. And obviously, it is a restaurant in Pigeon Forge that you can go in and sit down. Because in the weeks prior to us going there, we ran into the fact that everything is fast food. You order ahead of time. They bring it to your car. But this one was you can go in and sit down. You can get very good food. Very clean atmosphere and very good service. Yeah. So visit Hard Rock Cafe. I think you'll enjoy that. Hey, if you have any questions about anything going on in the mountains, we want you to write to us. Write to us at podcast at mysmokymountainguide.com. Ask us a question. Or you can visit our website and go to our contact page and fill out the form. Ask us a question. We'd love to answer it on an upcoming episode of My Smoky Mountain Guide. But we're happy you're here today. We hope that you enjoy your visit to the Smoky Mountains. And and to the Titanic. And to the Titanic Museum. Until next time, we're Mark and Ann Bowman saying goodbye. We're having a bonus episode because we've got some bonus people here. And we've got Anne's sister, Jane, and her other sister, Julie. And we're delighted to have them here. And this is going to be all about the Skylift Park in Gatlinburg. And Jane and Julie went to Skylift Park this weekend. No, not actually, it wasn't over the weekend. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. It was right dead in the middle of the week. How did y'all manage that, get away in the middle of the week? We just did it. <laughs> you just do what you want to do, don't you? Yes. Julie's here on vacation. 
we were in Gal- in Pigeon Forge for other reasons, decided to hop on over to Gatlinburg. Sounds like fun. We needed to introduce the ladies. And so, Julie, I want you to say hi and tell us where you're from. Hi there. I'm Julie, and I'm from Auburn, Alabama. And we have Jane. Jane Gardner. Jane. And I live in Maryville, Tennessee, in the, the great state of Tennessee, and actually Anne's twin sister. That's yes. right. They're twins. Yes. So we're we're delighted that they're all three here today. They're going to have to tell you about it because I didn't go. And why didn't you go, Mark? I wasn't invited. I, th- I don't think oh, I was invited. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what That's the real, real reason. Wow, I walked right into that one. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I really don't like heights that much. And the ski lift park, Sky Bridge, it's all about... It's all about the sky. It's all about being up in the sky. And I prefer not to fall to my death. So I decided not to go. But you were more than willing for us to go. Wow. <laughs> Actually, I fought it. I tried to try to get y'all not to go, but okay. So, so is it a fear of heights or a fear of falling from those heights? That's a good distinction, Jane, because it's more of a fear of falling because I can get an airplane and not have any problem. I can get on the top of a building and not have any problem. Well, so. it's probably a good thing that you didn't go because the sky lift was very long and very fun. And it, it was a bit long. Yeah, I think if memory serves me correctly. Here we go. Yep. It's about 1,800 feet up the mountain. So that's, that's a pretty good lift. There. Yes. That's pretty good. And it's been there, it's been there quite a while. I think Jane knows when they built that thing. Actually, in 1954. Wow, that's, that's been a while. I think it's the, the longest running attraction in all of Gatlinburg. That was the very first one. But, you know, before the bridge was constructed, why did people take that sky lift? To go up the mountain and see the panoramic views from the top. Oh, they had scenic? scenic. Yeah, they had, the, they had the platform up there. And they oh, had, okay. And all that. So, okay. Now, yeah, because they just, just this past year, they opened the sky bridge. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could take that, you take the lift up to the top and you can, they've got some shops up there. Well, why don't y'all tell us what they got up there? Because I didn't go. I just read about it. So, I would like to say something about the sky lift ride. Okay, Julie. When you get near the top there will be a sign or some indication that they're getting ready to take your picture. Mm-hmm. So you can get ready to pose, and then you'll have the opportunity, if you wish, to purchase the photo oh, okay. of yourself and your family or friends on the sky lift. Oh, and did you have your, did you have your photo made? We had it made, but we, did, we decided not to purchase it. They keep it for an hour. And after an hour, um, if you haven't come to ask about it or purchase it, they don't keep it. You can also have your picture made at the very bottom on the way before you even get on the sky lift. Okay. And a third way to get your picture is use your own camera. <laughs> Jane is the practical one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we you- did take a few of those. So we have our memories in well, focus. Yeah. Well, you know, it, from what I understand, it's a beautiful view from up there. You mm. can see it is. It is. Mm. The sky bridge itself is how long in? It's 680 feet. It's it spans in a single span over a deep valley. Okay. So that's that's longer than two football fields. Mm-hmm. And it's the longest in North America. Suspension bridge in North America. 
It's and it's pedestrian five, suspension bridge. It's five feet wide. I don't know how tall the sides are, but they're tall enough. When I walked along the bridge, um, I was very nervous because I don't really like heights either. And hearing that it was a suspension bridge concerned me because I was afraid it was going to have a lot of movement. But it didn't, which was nice. But there are rails on both sides that are probably almost five feet, maybe five feet or a little bit shorter than that, but you can hold on to them. Yeah. And there's no way you can fall off the side. So oh, that's good. That made it a lot easier to do. Yeah, because it is 140 feet high at the midpoint. Right. So that's up there. The neat thing that that <laughs> that I finally got to see this the span that is called Mount LeConte. Yeah. And you can when you get to the other side, there's a area where you can buy t-shirts and mugs and water and stuff like that, but they have a a signboard or you know on the rail that shows you what you're looking at. Now, right in the middle of this suspension bridge, there's a little surprise. What is it, Ann? It's the glass panels, three glass panels. What was that like, Jane, when you got on the Well, it was, it was really neat because when you stood on the glass paneled and panels and looked at your feet, you could look beyond your feet, many feet down to the ground. <laughs> and it was just a neat experience. So you felt like you were just floating in air? Well... No, not not really. really floating. It was just a different feeling, different yeah. different scene. Yeah. Well, I'm I am so happy y'all got to experience that. Well, it was fun, and there was a little bit of movement on it. I did, think Julie didn't want movement, so she didn't feel it. And <laughs> did um, it sway back and forth? Not back and forth, but nope. like up and down, like a wave. I think it's kind of like a jiggle too. Like a jiggle. It's a jiggle walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody was. Everybody was having a good time. It was very, very hot. If we do it again, the advice would be to wait till a little bit later in the afternoon. I think going in the evening would be a really nice, nice time to go because I see there the white lights would be lit up uh-huh. and it would just be a whole different atmosphere going at going at night. They've got these little white lights all along the bottom of it where you can see it from the from the street level. But you can also look out over the city of Gatlinburg and see all the the businesses all lit up and street yeah, lights. Yeah, and, and even stuff. going when it's cool in the fall, they have a fire pit, and they have chair, you know, seating around there. Not only around the fire pit and at the edge of the platform to be able to to sit and just look out at the beautiful landscape. Mm-hmm. But it would it would be. I don't know if it's open year-round. It's open every day except Christmas Day. Okay. That's the only day in the year it's Uh closed. The hours vary, but Mm -hmm. right now it's open until 11 p.m. at night in the summer. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go again when when it's evening time. I think that would be awesome. It would be fun to go at night. It would be very a different experience. Now, they're also adding on to this. They're building a trail up there that's going to be opening soon. And typical, I can't remember the name of it, but it goes around the mountain up there and there's going to be a walking trail that's accessible to everybody. We and saw should, them building it. That should it. be a lot of fun. Yeah. So they're going to be opening that. Now there's other things. Now, you mentioned a gift shop. Yes. But there's also, you can also get a little bit of refreshment up there, right? The building that you approach when you get off the sky lift 
has a gift shop on the bottom floor, which is very, very nice. And then you go upstairs, and there's a snack bar kind of thing where you can get ice cream and something to drink and and walk outside, and, and you're on a, the deck to see more views. Do they have rocking chairs up there? I thought no. I saw some. Oh. I, th- I thought oh. I saw some. Julie is nodding her head saying, yeah. Did, did you sit down and just enjoy the view? Yeah, we sat down and we talked with people and asked people to take our picture. And people were asking each other, can I take your picture? And um, there were rocking chairs where you could look out. And it was nice. And then there was the map that you could look at to see what mountains you were looking at. That's oh, okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah, because sometimes you're looking out there and you don't know what you're – it's beautiful, but you don't know what you're looking at. When I walked out on the deck of the snack bar, I saw the Anakista Tower way, way, way far away. Oh. It was cool. Wow. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat. Because the Anakista, we talked about that on our last episode. That was It's brand new. Mm-hmm. It's only been open a few weeks. So that's a lot of fun. So what else do y'all want to say, talk about uh, this the Sky Lift Park and the Sky Bridge? Do you recommend well, people go do it? Yeah, and at the very at the, the the lines moved quickly. There's a parking garage that's right across the street for ten dollars. Was it a garage or just a lot? Oh, pardon me. It was where you could park your car. Okay, so this is this. The sisterly challenge here. Okay. But so, what really worked for us was not being aware that there was a $10 lot closer to the uh, Skylift Park. So we parked a little bit farther away at $15. And we had the advantage of walking by the old Smoky Candy Kitchen. And that. Oh, the old Smoky Candy Kitchen. Uh huh. Uh huh. Is that. That's one that's been there a while, isn't yes, it? Yes, from what I understand, 1952. But we got some <laughs> wonderful candy there. Um, so it was, you know, either either parking lot is easy to get to the Sky Bridge. Tell us how much it costs to get in, Jane. Well, if you are between the ages of 12 and 64, it will cost you twenty four ninety five. Not too shabby. Uh, sixty five and over is twenty ninety five. That's even better. Ages four to eleven is seventeen ninety five. Can't beat that. And three and under free. Well, you just beat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can beat those prices. Tell, tell me how. If you buy your ticket online for two days prior to your visit, yeah, you get a discount of two dollars. Oh, that's good. Okay. So you just go to the Skylift Park. It's called GatlinburgSkylift.com. GatlinburgSkylift.com. And you can buy your tickets right off of their website. And you can, if you, yeah, if you plan ahead a little bit, you can save some money. I mean, if you've got four or five people going, that's eight to 10 bucks you save right there. That's an ice cream at the top. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, how are we going to wrap this up? Anybody else want have anything they want to share about the just the, the, it, the it's it's experience? everything that it's built up to be. It's a it's fun to walk across the bridge. It's fun to hit the the glass not hit, but walk across the glass panels and look down. It was very very clear. You could almost feel like a bird for a little while. 
I, I think that it was everything it's hyped up to be. Awesome. Jane? What I th- enjoyed, too, was the landscaping. They had beautiful flowers along the walk that you take up to the bridge. Um, we got some pretty pictures of that. Well, we'll have to put some of those on our website. We'll have to put those up. Now, Julie is going to say how much fun she had, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. So tell everybody how much fun you had, Julie. It was a lot of fun. When I first heard about the Sky Bridge last year, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, a walkway from mountaintop to mountaintop. And I thought it would be a lot of fun, but at the same time, I didn't know if I would be able to do it. Just being up so high and uh, being able to look down like that. But um, I talked with my sisters about it, and we thought it would be a fun thing to do. And so we had the opportunity to do it on this visit and really enjoyed it. Well, I think y'all almost convinced me that I need to do this. So maybe... Who are you going to go with? Well, I, I was hoping that there would be three ladies would go with me, but maybe not. I'd know? be willing to go with you, but I don't want to have to push you onto the bridge. No pushing, no pushing, no pushing no, allowed. Let's <laughs> all go at nighttime next time. That yes. sounds that sounds like fun. Yes. So we'll uh, we'll plan on doing that soon, and we want you all to go too. So if you're going to be in the Gatlinburg area, and we hope that you are, we hope you plan on going to Gatlinburg. Don't miss the Gatlinburg Skylift Park. It's right downtown Gatlinburg. You cannot miss it. It's right on Parkway. You'll have a really good time. And I know that I'm looking forward to going too. So until next time, this is our bonus episode. And we're glad you listened. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night.